Welcome to the Inspiration Station. I'm your host and friend, Corey Baker, a.k.a. Chill Harris. Thanks for being here with me. If you're new to the show, you can check out my music at soundcloud.com slash chillharris or chillharris.com, as well as on Spotify. The latest track that I put out, which was a remix for Grizz, is on Spotify, and then all my old stuff under the name Kill Paris is also there as well. So thanks for being here. This week is very, very special. This is the beginning of of a voyage we are going to take together. And our roadmap on that voyage is the book, The Artist's Way. Now, I've been about halfway through this book before in the past, and over the last couple weeks, I've really kind of been prepping to do this with the podcast because I think this will be a good way for uh, me to go through it again and then also just to kind of have a guideline, um, an audio form on how to go through this book and what to expect. Uh, while going through it. So the book, The Artist's Way, is a it's basically a 12-week sort of creativity, um, inspiration, exercise um, that you do. And there's a lot of, there's a couple core things uh, within this book that we're going to be doing uh, basically every week. And then each week, there's a new chapter, and then that kind of just extrapolates some other uh, kind of piece to the picture, um, in terms of, you know, learning how to be creative, or at least, you know, I think we all are creative in some sense. Um, we just, maybe our childhood was different, or maybe we just weren't encouraged to be creative. Um, and therefore, you know, there's a lot of things that stop us from being creative and this book kind of tackles, it tackles all that. And that's why this is so great. And I'm super stoked to go through this with you. So, Being that it's 12 weeks, in the first week, uh, in the introduction, um, the author introduces morning pages, which morning pages are something that you're to do basically every day. And the morning pages are uh, three pages in the morning of just stream of consciousness writing, where you're just literally writing either what happened the day before, what you're thinking right now, or... Anything. You can write a short story if you want. But this is something that we're going to be doing um, every day throughout this course and hopefully after this course too. Um, You know, every time that I've gone through this book, um, this has always been a really helpful way to not only stay clear headed, but also um, to kind of practice putting something on paper and practice just getting out whatever thoughts you have, whatever you're thinking, whatever you're feeling, whatever's happening in your life. Um, So I think this is a really, really great way. And then also with these uh, morning pages, the whole kind of idea is not to look back on them for at least a couple weeks um, because that can kind of, you know, depending on what you're writing, depending on where you're, you're at in your life, that can kind of um, I don't know, I guess it can kind of like mess things up, but you just want to write these pages every morning, uh, keep doing that. And then also going through these other things in the book. So at the end of the sort of introduction of this book, I wanted to read this little passage, um, just because this, this kind of tells, you know, it's like the morning pages you think 
that's probably really only for writers, but um, she kind of explains this at the end. So she said, she says, a final assurance, the morning pages will work for painters, for sculptors, for poets, for actors, for lawyers, for housewives, for anyone who wants to try anything creative. Don't think they are a tool for writers only. Hooey! <laughs> These pages are not intended for writers only. Lawyers who use them swear they make them more effective in court. Dancers claim their balance improves and not just emotionally. If anything, writers have who have um, a desire to write morning pages um, instead of just doing them may have the hardest time seeing their impact. What they're likely to see is their other writing seems to suddenly be far more free and expansive and somehow easy to do. In short, no matter what your reservation or your occup- occupation, morning pages will function for you. And I think that's true, too, because I don't always write. But like I said, every time I've gone through this, um, I feel really good about it. It makes me feel more clear-headed and just more um, in tune with my creative side. So also at the end of the little introduction, there is a creativity contract. And uh, that contract says, I, blank, understand that I am undertaking an intensive guided encounter with my own creativity. I commit myself to the 12-week duration of the course. I, blank, commit to weekly reading, daily morning pages, a weekly artist date, and the fulfillment of each week's, week's tasks. I, blank, further understand that this course will raise issues and emotions for me to deal with. <laughs> I, blank, commit myself to excellent self-care, adequate, adequate sleep, diet, exercise, and pampering for the duration of this course. And then there's a little signature and uh, date right there. So um, I do encourage you guys to pick up this book if you're really interested in this and want to really take this seriously. I mean, obviously, I'm going to go through most everything you need to know um, in each episode of this podcast for, you know, the next 12 weeks. But I think having the book is really good just to be able to read over things, to have it to make notes in, um, to mark pages in. Uh, so I do suggest you pick it up and actually there's a link, um, in the description of this podcast, um, on the SoundCloud. And then I don't know if from the iTunes podcast, if you can click links that are in descriptions, but if not, just check the SoundCloud. Okay. So in, uh, week one, it says, uh, the begin the name of the chapter is recovering a sense of safety. And the first little bit is about shadowing artists. And that just means, you know, whether you can be around other artists or, you know, pull inspiration from, from other artists by watching videos online um, or listening to music, you know, just really kind of engulfing yourself in whatever creative endeavor you are going after or are in the middle of, you know, finding inspiration in all these different places. And um, throughout this book, I'm not sure if it's in this chapter or not, but she does mention something about watching movies um, kind of more frequently as opposed to watching TV shows. Now, I think there's some really great TV shows that can still give you inspiration, but there definitely is something about sitting down and watching a movie, you know, that's an hour and a half, two hours, and kind of getting overtaken by the story or, you know, what have you. So I think that's cool because that's definitely something that I think helps almost all of us stay creative is really, really good movies that we enjoy. The other thing that's talked about in this chapter is thinking of your kind of creative source, the creativity within you as your inner child. 
um, which is something you need to take care of. Um, you need to let explore the world, explore the space. Um, and this is kind of a theme throughout this book is really thinking of your creativity as this this inner child who is playful and you know wanting to explore because I think that's truly when some of us are, were our most creative was when we were younger, when we were kids, you know, because you're you're learning, you're trying to figure out the world around you and you're trying all these new things and sometimes you're getting hurt. Um, but, you know, remember that sense of wonder that we all had, you know, as kids. So that's, that's kind of what this book is about is kind of bringing that sense of wonder into your daily practices, into your daily work. Uh, the next thing in this chapter is all about negative core beliefs. And this feels like a pretty universal thing between all humans as far as as far as I know and as far as people that I've met and talked to, um, is that we all have these like core negative beliefs about ourselves that are most times false and most times not helpful at all. Um, especially when doing creative things. So let me read off this list of 20, um, these commonly held negative beliefs. Um, I can't be a successful, prolific creative artist because, number one, everyone will hate me. Number two, I will hurt my friends and family. Number three, I will go crazy. Number four, I will abandon my friends and family. Number five, I can't spell. That's a really good one. Number six, I don't have good enough ideas. Number seven, I will upset my mother and or father. Eight, I will have to be alone. Nine, I will find out that I am gay, if straight. Number 10, I will be stuck straight, if gay. Uh, number 11, I will do bad work and not know it because, or not know it and look like a fool. 12, I will feel too angry. 13, I will never have any real money. 14, I will get self-destructive and drink, drug, and sex myself to death. <laughs> Number 15, I will get cancer, AIDS, or a heart attack, or the plague. Number 16, my lover will never leave or will leave me. Number 17, I will die. Number 18, I will feel bad because I don't deserve to be successful. Number 19, I will have only one good piece of work in me. Number 20, it's too late. If I haven't become a fully functioning artist yet, I never will. None of these negative core or none of these core negative negatives need to need be true. Well, that's a hard sentence to say. Um, so in this chapter, she's talking about how most of these uh, kind of negative core beliefs uh, either come from our parents, from our religion, our culture, or our fearful friends. And I definitely, definitely agree with that. I think we all take on some of this negative energy or just take on these negative ideas um, from multiple sources. Uh, and we don't necessarily know where they came from. We just, you know, because we, we almost can't even see it. We're too close to all this because a lot of these negative core beliefs just kind of keep coming at us. And we, you know, once something's around for a long enough period, you start to think it's there for a reason and like it's supposed to be there and you don't really question uh, where it came from. So also in this little chapter, uh, she talks about uh, negative beliefs and then their positive alternatives. So this is kind of the flip side. This is like um, talking about artists are 
you know, one way, but really, you know, you could be this other way. So artists are drunk, but artists can be sober. Artists are crazy, but artists can be sane. Artists are irresponsible. Artists can be responsible. Artists are loners. Artists uh, can be user-friendly. Artists are promiscuous. Artists can be faithful. Artists are doomed. Artists can be saved. Um, artists are unhappy. Um, artists can be happy. Artists are born, not made. Artists can be discovered and recovered. So I, you know, I think we all may have our own kind of idea of what an artist is and can be. And due to our media and some of the uh, people that are, you know, popular and famous, you can see how being an artist sometimes only leads to bad things <laughs> for a lot of people, at least a lot of people that are in the news, you know. So I think just keeping in mind that, no, you know, you can't really quantify everything to just be one way or the other. You know, there's so many variables, especially when being an artist. Like if you think of some of your probably favorite and artists that you've been following for a long time and truly get inspired by, um, they're probably good people all around. I would hope, hope so. Or, you know, you do have those favorite artists. Like I think of someone like Elliot Smith, who is an, was an incredible, incredible artist, but obviously lived a very, you know, kind of drab and depressing life. And there's certainly, certainly as a culture, we romanticize over those artists that were troubled yet put out amazing art. You know, I think it's that like kind of dynamic of just not being able to deal with day-to-day -day life, but yet being able to produce this amazing art. Uh, but I don't think it necessarily has to be like that. I don't think we need to kill ourselves to make good art. I think it's just about, you know, having our head on straight and being mindful of, uh, of what we're doing and what we want to achieve. So the rest of this um, chapter really just talks about um, affirmations, which is something you can do in your morning pages and just write affirmations about yourself, about what you do, um, to motivate yourself into like kind of combat the negative um, because we have so many negative thoughts in our heads a lot of times we don't fill our heads with uh, good thoughts about ourselves and you know I don't think that this is necessarily ego driven I think it's more like balancing out kind of what culture what our religion or parents have thrown at us um, our entire life which, you know, they say, they say something like before your age, I don't know, 10 or something, you're told no, like, you know, thousands and thousands of times versus how many times you're told yes. Because if you think when you're growing up and you can't talk, you know, your mom or dad or whatever is telling you no, like, don't do that. Don't do that. You can't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You can't do that. Get out of there. You can't do that. So we're already kind of pre-wired, um, or not pre-wired, but preconditioned to just you know, in our head think, no, I can't do that, or no, I shouldn't do that. Um, and all that stems from just so many different sources that, like, we forget that that's maybe not the best thing for us psychologically, emotionally, and creatively. So learning to use affirmations for yourself to stay positive and at least combat that all those negative things that are flying at you that sometimes are out of your control, or at least they're out of your control until you realize they're happening and you realize how meaningless uh, the sentiment of having these negative 
core beliefs like a part of you like we don't need that we really don't need that so affirmations write good stuff about yourself be positive with yourself um, I'm going to read, here's 20 um, affirmations at the end of this chapter here. Um, and a lot of this, I, I do have to kind of put a little disclaimer um, on this, because this is, throughout the book, she kind of mentions this. But she talks about God in the sense of God as the source of everything. And I think I'm I'm fine with thinking of God like that. If you're a little bit more religious, you might have a problem um, with you know, the depiction, I don't know, but she uses the term God as in, you know, the source, the source of everything, the everything in existence, everything that ever was and ever will be, um, thinking of God kind of in that way and not necessarily a religious God. So just wanted to throw that out there because she does mention that quite a bit here in this book, but here's the creative affirmations one through 20. I am a channel for God's creativity and my work comes to good. My dreams come from God and God has the power to accomplish them. As I create and listen, I will be led. Creativity is the creator's will for me. My creativity heals myself and others. I am allowed to to nurture my artist. Through the use of a few, few simple tools, my creativity will flourish. Through the use of my creativity, I serve God. My creativity will always always lends me to truth and love my creativity lends me to forgiveness and self-forgiveness there is a divine plan of goodness for me there is a divine plan of goodness for my work as i listen to the creator within i am led as i listen to my creativity i am led to my creator i am willing to create i am willing to learn to let myself create i am willing to let god create through me I am willing to be of service through my creativity. I am willing to experience my creative energy. And last but not least, I am willing to use my creative talents. So those are some good affirmations. Um, Again, this is a good reason to actually pick up the book so that you can read over this stuff, um, especially when you're having a hard time um, or, you know, feeling down. So, um, that's the end of the chapter. And at the end of the chapter, there's always, um, about 10 tasks to, um, take care of. And this is a bit lengthy. And again, this is why I think you should pick up the book, but, um, I will read through these. So number one, every morning, set your clock, uh, one half hour early, get up and write three pages of longhand stream of consciousness, morning writing. Do not reread these pages or allow anyone else to read them. Ideally stick these pages in a large manila folder or manila envelope or hide them somewhere. Welcome to the morning pages. They will change you this week. Please be sure to work with your affirmations of choice and your bursts at the end of each day's morning pages. So that's saying, um, you know, go through your affirmations, write down some affirmations at the end, kind of end your morning pages with that. Cause it's, especially if you're going through some crap, um, and a lot of your morning pages are negative and very, you know, hard stuff that you're, you're trying to get through, um, you know, end with the affirmations, um, to kind of end on a high note. Um, Okay, so number two, take yourself on an artist date. You will do this every week for the duration of the course. A sample artist date. Take $5 and go to your local five and dime. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Buy a silly thing like gold stick'em stars, tiny dinosaurs, some postcards, sparkly sequins, glue, uh, a kid's scissors, crayons. You might 
give yourself a gold star on your envelope each day you write just for fun. So that's something I kind of didn't go over in this chapter, but uh, she does talk about these artist dates, which is something to do every week. Uh, it's just something fun to do kind of for yourself and like plan that, you know, every single week. It doesn't have to be anything huge, as she says, you know, just take $5 and go buy some silly stuff. Um, I don't know, I'm sure depending on your personality and what you like to do, you can figure out one thing to do a week um, for yourself. Number three, time travel. List three old enemies of your creative self-worth. Uh, please be specific as possible in doing this exercise. Your historic monsters are the building blocks of your core negative beliefs. Yes, sir, rotten sister and Rita from the fifth grade does count. And the rotten thing she said to you does matter. Put her in. This is your Monster Hall of Fame. More monsters will come to you as you work through your recovery. It is always necessary to acknowledge creative injuries and grieve them. Otherwise, they become creative scar tissue and will block your growth. Number four, time travel. Select and write out one horror story from your Monster Hall of Fame. You do not need to write long or much, uh, but do jot down whatever details come back to you. The room you were in, the way people looked at you, the way you felt, uh, what your parents said or didn't say when you told them about it, uh, include whatever rankles you about the incident and then remember she gave me this real fakey smile and patted my head you might find it uh, cathartic to draw a sketch of your old monster or to clip out an image that invokes the incident for you cartoon trashing your monster or at least draw a nice red x through it write a letter to the editor this is number five write a letter to the editor in your defense. Uh, mail it to yourself. It is great fun to write this letter in the voice of your wounded artist child. And here's a quote, uh, to whom it may concern. Sister Ann Rita is a jerk and has pig eyes and I can too spell. Okay, number six, time travel. List three old champions of your creative self-worth. This is your hall of champions. Those who wish you and your creativity well. Be specific. Every encouraging word counts. Even if you disbelieve a compliment, record it. It may well be true. If you are stuck for compliments, uh, go back through your time travel log and look for positive memories when, where, and why did you feel good about yourself? Who gave you the affirmation? Additionally, you may wish to write the compliment out and decorate it. Post it near where you do your morning pages or on the dashboard of your car. I put mine on the chassis of my computer to cheer me as I write. Number seven, time travel. Select and write out one happy piece of encouragement. Write a thank you letter, mail it to yourself or to the long loss mentor. Number eight, imaginary lives. If you have five other lives to lead, or if you had five other lives to lead, uh, what would you do in each of them? I would be a pilot, a cowhand, a physicist, a psychic, um, a monk. You might be a scuba diver, a cop, a writer of children's books, a football player, a belly dancer, a painter. A performing artist, a history teacher, a healer, a minister, blah, 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 all those things. Um, whatever occurs to you, jot it down. Do not overthink this exercise. The point of these lives is to have fun in them. More fun than you might be having uh, in this one. Look over your list and select one, then do this week 
then do it this week. Uh, for instance, if you put down country singer, can you pick up a guitar? If you dream of being a cowhand, what are what about some horseback riding? Okay. Um, and number nine, uh, in working with affirmations and blurts, off very often injuries and monsters swim back to us. Add these to your list as they occur to you. Work with each blurt individually. Turn each negative into a positive uh, affirmation. Take your artist on a walk, the two of you. A brisk 20-minute walk can dramatically um, alter consciousness. So that's all 10 tasks uh, for this week. And then um, she talks about uh, check-ins, which is something uh, she says uh, you will do check-ins every week if you are running your creative week Sunday to Sunday. Do your check-ins each Saturday. Remember that this recovery is yours, what you think is important, and it will become increasingly interesting to you as you progress. You may want to do check-ins in your morning pages notebook. It's best to answer by hand and allow about 20 minutes to respond. The purpose of check-ins is to give you a journal of your creative journey. It is my hope that you will later share tools with others and in doing so find your own notes invaluable. Yes, I was mad in week four. I loved week five, dot, dot, dot. Okay, so here's the uh, three check-ins. Number one, how many days this week did you do your morning pages? Um, Seven out of seven, we always hope. Uh, How was the experience for you? Did you do your artist date this week? Um, Yes, of course, we all we always hope and yet artist states can be remarkably difficult to allow yourself what did you do how did you feel Um, number three were there any issues this week that you consider significant for your recovery describe them so um, i think next week i will start with this check-in as that could be a way how we start the next um Next episodes from here on out because that's, you know, kind of checking in on the past week. So we'll do that to start off and then um, get started on week two, which week two is recovering a sense of identity. So that's week one, guys, of The Artist's Way. Again, um, if you want to pick up the book, there's a link in the description. Um, I'm stoked to be doing this. This is something I've been wanting to do for a very, very long time. And again, it's kind of, this book is basically the reason, um, I say between this and the slide edge was kind of the reason why um, I started doing this podcast. But I feel like there's so much good information in this book that um, I just wanted to share it with you. So thanks for being here with me. I'm Corey Baker, aka Chill Harris. I will see you guys next week and good luck out there.